Okay, goeiemorgen, allemaal. We all good. It's warm, eh? Lekker hot. We've had some good weather. We, um, we, are, we have an exciting year ahead of us. I was saying to my prayer group, I don't know what it is, but from what we've been through in the last 20, 20 months, nearly two years, well, two years nearly, just think March, what happened two years ago. You kind of think, start the year, just be cautious. Just go slow. Don't get overexcited. Don't overcommit. Just kind of ease your way in. And I'm speaking about spiritual stuff too. Like, don't have too much hope. Okay, because when we had a lot of hope, then that happened. And then just easy on the faith. Because you never know how this thing plays out. Okay, but God is so faithful and so gracious that we start a new year with fresh hope and fresh faith in our hearts. And we're like, well, where does this come from? Because I shouldn't feel like that. Okay, because what's going on and what's happening on around us, it's got tiring, hey? But when we sang that first song, you know, uh, Blessing and Honor, every knee will bow. Okay, just think about, think about high-ranking people in the world right now. Mr. Biden has to bow to that name of Jesus. Okay, every Muslim imam has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every high-ranking official that thinks there's something on this earth with a billion followers on Twitter and think they're special, they have to bow to this king. And their tongues will confess that he is the Lord. That's pretty epic. That's pretty powerful. And having that context of looking at it, you know what? Heaven wasn't caught of God by these last two years. We've not just, we've, we've been shaken in every way, but he's still reigning on his throne. And we read Psalm 2, and I was talking to Farnes the other day, how the, the nations plot and rage and kind of stuff, and what does God do? He laughs. You know when you think you're clever and someone laughs at you? It's like when your child like suggests something to you and this is a good idea, they're trying to get something and you laugh because you think the options are ridiculous. It kind of squashes their anticipation of this happening. God laughs, people. That is our God. That is our King who we get to worship and to serve. And then when we worship this morning and it's about intimacy and the holiness of God. You see, worship is crucial because if you are wondering where you're at with the things of God, when you worship... You have to be authentic. You can't come and just go through the motion here. And when you're singing those songs, you're feeling things in your spirit. You're like, okay, glory, holiness. Okay, that's... Do you know, when you think about it, he's invested all of his glory. All of his glory. It's Ephesians 3 speaks about... Paul speaks about the fullness of God. The fullness, all of that in you. Who can comprehend? Who can actually consider and think that we are worthy? It changes perspective, folks. That's why we don't have to start a new year going, oh, let's hope for the best. No, whatever takes place, whatever happens this year, God's still on his throne. Financial strain, health strains, financial, I mean, uh, uh, pressures in families and relationships. He's still on the throne. That's where our hope, that's where our faith comes from, okay? And, and, and when we walk and we keep walking in the things of God, and Warren and our prayer group prayed this on, on Friday morning, that 
The trauma of the past season is broken off of you. And I just want to pray over us now that see all darkness has to flee. The enemy is constantly trying to latch himself onto you. Just to kind of pull you down. He's like a heavy burden that wants to drag you down as you're going along and you're walking and you're just getting tired and demotivated and doubt and all those things. He wants to pull you down. And the trauma of the last season on our hearts and our lives have weighed us down. And I just want to pray over us now, okay, and that God releases us from that and we walk into 22 and 22, not with blind faith, but assured faith of Almighty God. Let's just pray. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you. That your word says you are the light of the world. And Lord, and it said you came into this world and the darkness could not overcome it. And Father, I want to thank you now that as we walk into this new year, knowing that you are still faithful, no matter our circumstance, knowing that you are still good despite the trials we face, we want to thank you, Lord, that your light outshines the darkness. And I pray over every heart here this morning, Lord, that the trauma and the pain and the consequences of the past would be broken off of our hearts, would be released from our minds, that we don't linger in what has taken place, which affects how we go forward. We stand with fresh faith, fresh assurance, fresh, fresh hope in you, Lord Jesus, knowing that when the light shines, the darkness must flee. And we break off trauma. And we break off that in the name and the powerful name of our King Jesus. Amen. 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 And I'm going to continue speaking about blessing. If you were here on the 2nd of January, we opened up this theme and the context of blessing. And I want you to think about, see, blessing flows from within you. And I'll talk into the understanding a little bit more. But what I kind of spoke about last week or two weeks ago was the understanding of God's heart when it comes to blessing. So right in the beginning, he said to the fish and the sea and the animals that they would be blessed and multiply and continue. He spoke over Adam and Eve that they would be blessed and be multiplied. And then he finished the seventh day and he called it blessed. Okay, so in the first two chapters of the Bible, God is blessing key things. And we see there already a theme of when he says blessing, his meaning in those three things there, that there must be abundance the fish and the sea and the animals multiply. Be of abundance. That for Adam and Eve, that you live here on this earth in the image of the Almighty God, that you take rule and order, take dominion over the fish and the sea and the land and subdue it. That you will create rule and order on this earth. And he blessed that. And then he spoke about the seventh day and then he blessed that we rest. And there's life in resting. Not being lazy and lying in your bed and doing nothing and chilling out on the beach and just think life is good. Resting in God. Being assured of where you're at. God speaks about blessing. And the verses that I kind of spoke and drew out was of Proverbs 18, 21. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. This tongue. Okay. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Okay, there's fruit that comes from the blessing of your tongue speaking, choosing death and life. And I spoke from and just highlighted Matthew 12, 34, that speaks out from the abundance of your heart, so your mouth speaks. And then the key verse where I was speak, speaking about that blessing, the power of blessing is in your hands. You decide. 
And this is the verse in Peter. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. And here's the return, okay? For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Okay? So it's in your hands. You decide how this year wants to play out with beginning with choosing how you're going to speak and how your narrative of thinking comes by. Okay? So if you think about that, what is the narrative over your heart, over yourself, constantly? Some, some of you might not even be aware what it is. But I, I, guarantee, I bet you it's negative. I bet you it is. Okay, think, think about narratives. Narratives are constants that create a theme and pattern of rhythm of thinking in your heart and mind. So look how the media take COVID-19 as an example of how the media portrayed the narrative to us. So if you go back, I was reading some of my notes and just looking and watching stuff prior, like with Formula One, I was watching stuff prior to the COVID thing. And how people are speaking, they had fevers and they carried on like normal, 2019. 2020 started, and all of a sudden this narrative started changing. People started being more fearful. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be racing. Why are we here? Da da da, mass, everything. There's this narrative that started playing out. And everyone falls into the narrative, which perpetuated fear. And from the narrative, you get the, the perception and the thinking, and then the emotional understanding, you make a decision based on the emotion. That's from Kathleen's preach she's giving in a few weeks' time. That's just a highlight that's coming. Okay? So what is the narrative over your heart? It could be things like this. I've got nothing to offer. I mean, who am I? I never have any money. I'm actually a failure. No one really trusts me. I don't think I could even trust myself. I don't think I'll ever make it. I mean, that's just over yourself. I'm so useless at everything. Everything I put my hands to, I fail at. Okay, that is very true for us. Where does that narrative come from? Where does it birth? From the overflow of your heart, so your mouth speaks. So you're speaking, your self-talk is playing over and over and over in your mind. And, and the key point, folks, is starting to recognize what that is. For me, and I've learned this, my narrative over me for growing up as a young man, even in my 30s, sit down and shut up, you've got nothing to offer. Okay. No, no one wants to hear what you have to say. Okay, just sit down. And I always felt small, insignificant, which breeds insecurity, which breeds an understanding of like, you know, well, who am I? Okay, and that's the same for all of us. Because we have an enemy who from when you were a little child started to break you down. I can already see, I've seen it in my kids too, how the enemy lies to them about little things I mean, Aiden's not in here. Aiden was worried that he's a bit fat. <laughs> Bro, you're gonna have to, I'm going to have to help you there. But it was a genuine narrative that he was playing us. So it was boiling hot and he puts a jersey on. Bro, why are you wearing a jersey? You know, his jersey. Eventually I said, Bro, why are you wearing a jersey? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. It's just absolute rubbish, right? Okay? And then he looked at me and I was like, There's the truth. 
and maybe he's scared of what I will look like one day. Sure. Thank you. I'll, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Revelation. There we go. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, I tried. I hit, I hit 52 of my health goals last year in exercise, and it made no difference. So I'm, I'm not doing it again this year. I'm, just, I'm not doing it. I'm not trying. <laughs> but you see, those, those narratives stymie you. And you actually have to take authority over them. You have to recognize it and say, no, no, I see what you're trying to do. And it's little thinkings in our hearts. Like your perception of people towards you might always be one of no one likes me. So your behavior is according to that narrative. So you'll either try harder or avoid people. Or your thinking is like people are always upset with me. So they don't actually enjoy what I do or what I say. So you play out according to that. Okay, that is the narrative. And you actually have to help the, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see what it is. Because be, it becomes an habitual pattern of thinking that actually then nullifies you to be operated by God because you feel you're not good enough. And you're not worthy. Okay, and what God is saying to you. And so if we look at this word, bless blessing, blessed, to be blessed, to be a blessing, okay, there's, there's different words that relate to the, the main theme of the word, but the main bulk of the Hebrew word of bless or blessed, okay, is the word barak, okay, and the meaning of that word speaks about blessing and the intention, it says, the, the one guy says, the intention to speak the intention of God, okay, to speak the intention of God over yourself, over people, over your business, over your family. But it also links, and under, the understanding of the word means to kneel down. Okay, and a very close, so blessed, the word in our English being blessing, is a very word close to bless. The word blessing actually means a gift of some sort. So it's like kneeling down, offering something. Okay, despite what you're in, situation, you choose to bless. Okay, and that's the Hebrew, the Hebrew word. Okay, and that kneeling down and offering something means to give, to do or give something of value to someone. We bless the Lord, and He in turn blesses us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was in me, praise His holy name. See the Psalms that David speaks about, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, He's offering something. When we worship, we are offering blessing to God. Think of the prayer of Jabez, where he said, Oh Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders. And out of that whole interesting passage, he's the only one that makes reference to what he said and asked of God. Because God wants to bless. He wants to bless you. I guarantee you, without a doubt. Okay? And then the meaning of the word in Greek, okay, where we get in the Greek context... Um, the word and the, the passage we can relate to when Jesus says for, in Matthew 23, 39, he says, For I tell you, you will not see me again. And he's speaking and he's lamenting over Bethlehem. Sorry, over Jerusalem. And he's looking over the city and going, you killed the prophets. This city is like, I wanted to gather you and hold you like a chicken under its wings and gather you. But he says, you, the, the words he says, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, that word blessed, 
okay, is where we get our English word from the Greek word eulogy. So if you've been to a funeral, they will have eulogies. Okay, and the purpose of the eulogy is that you are to praise and to celebrate and invoking blessing. You are speaking the intention of God over somebody by speaking a eulogy. Okay, I remember when I left my, uh, when I was working in the security company and the guy had to speak at this. Now I knew I was in the ministry and he didn't know what to do leading up to this funeral because he was asked to speak a eulogy. So he phoned me up and said, I need your help. I need to do a eulogy. I don't know what it ever means. I was like, just speak kind words about the person. You knew them. You worked with them for years. Just tell the good about them. And we must remember not to do that when they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> we must do that while we're alive. And bless each other with good words. Okay, that breathe life. Okay. So there's that saying too. That also goes in every Jewish prayer that is prayed, except excluding the Shema, that is prayed out. It says, Baruch Adu, Baruch Atu Adonai, which means blessed are you, O Lord. Every prayer starts with that. Blessed are you, O Lord. Now, I want to say, when you pray, the first thing you do when you pray, you bless the Lord. Amen. Don't come with, okay, God, here I am, right. I need you to, you better, I want no, it's kneel down, offer to him blessing. Because if you bless him, he'll bless you. And when we speak blessing, what Peter says, you will receive blessing. It's kind of looking like God's order though, say. Eh? What we do, what we give out will be given in return to you. Okay? So let's summarize that. The Old Testament word for blessing is barak, and it means to speak the intention of God. The New Testament word is where we get our word eulogy, which means to speak well of, to speak the intention and favor of God on a person. Okay. So you can summarize that is blessing is to speak the intentions or favor of God over someone or some situation. Easier said than done. Try speak blessing over the guy that cuts you off in the traffic. That's a prime example, but I had to go there. Because I've driven with this guy before, and I know what he does. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy, stupid example, but it's the test. Okay. Okay, in his book, and I've drawn kind of some of the stuff from the... He's, he's got a book, Richard Brunton. I think he's a New Zealander, called The Awesome Power of Blessing. Okay, he speaks about how he was preparing for a talk that he had to do his wife's French, and he was talking to these French people, and he was looking up, he was going to speak on curses. Okay, now we've all heard talks on cursing. Don't curse, the curses, da-da-da-da-da. That's spoken about probably more often. Okay, and what he found was, as he was searching words and looking up, he found that the French word for curse was a word called malediction. Okay, that's how you'd pronounce it in English. It's come, that is an English word. Malediction. Okay, malediction means the utterance of a curse against something or someone, okay, or slanderous accusation or comment. Okay, it's so like when that guy cuts you from the traffic, you say, You idiot! If you can't, those are kind words. Okay? Okay? So we all know, um, okay, malediction is a curse, but we've all have heard of the word, the opposite of that is a benediction. Okay, and what is the benediction? If any of you have been in formal church, 
you will know that the guy dressed up like mother and then they call him father will read the benediction okay at the end of every meeting okay so the benediction is a blessing okay an invocation of divine blessing usually at the end of a church service this is from where Kathleen goes the dictionary okay an expression of good wishes malediction curse benediction blessing okay all right so now we're trying to highlight the point here okay now we've all heard I said of curses and can't say this don't say that the power the power of cursing if you look at uh, traditional or kind of witchcraft is all related linked to curses People speak curses and they'll go, you're going to throw bones, you get mutti and kind of stuff to curse your husband or to curse a family member. And the enemy plays on the back of that and causes havoc. Sure, powerful, eh? Powerful. So would you agree with me that if we say cursing can be very powerful and we've seen these, I've seen curses break off of people. That the intentions of the enemy through people's intention over that person was to destroy them. And the enemy loves that. Steal, kill, destroy. He's just going to jump on the back of that. That's his party. That's his disco. Not the Lord's. So if cursing is powerful, can we not agree that blessing is more so powerful? Amen? Okay. So who are we blessing? Who are we speaking that over? How are we talking? Okay. And if there's power in cursing, surely there's power in blessing. I often think about, say, take a painting or artwork of some form. And some of you might have experienced this, been into people's homes and suggest, look here, those books that you're speaking about, we need to burn those books. That thing on your mantelpiece, there's something not right there. That thing's got to go. That art piece, there's... We always see the evil in stuff. And, and it's true. I remember a guy trying to burn his books and their books wouldn't burn. Okay, because they had a hold on him. Okay, and what they were doing, they had spiritual power. Paintings that are just dark. And they carry stuff, things that are, people carry, little Buddhas that sit in their houses and stuff. You can pray, now get that out your house, man. Clean out this place. Order your home. And there's power on those things. Why do we always look at the evil more than the good? There's some people that have painted paintings, they used to be, yeah? Some paintings that are bring light and life. There's some artists here that you paint stuff, it brings the Spirit of God into the house. It sets a different tone. The people look and go, wow, I just feel such peace when I listen to that music or I, or I watch, look at that painting. There's, that's the Spirit of God. Don't always play the, 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 the plow of the evil that's more. And we often lean into that far more. Okay? So what I'm saying here is today, okay, is awakening our hearts to start realizing our thinking process. Because I know you've started this year thinking, <laughs> better not be like last year. We always do that. Okay, and we're a little bit anxious about where things could go. And I'm not saying that by doing this now, everything's just going to be hunky-dory. Okay? The way we speak and we release blessing and the power that comes from our mouths okay, over circumstances and situations. And I went into that last week. I... Uh, I'm going to highlight that again. Let me go to my notes in the 2nd of January. Why not? Okay. So when you think of your annoying brother-in-law. See, now you laughed and you gave it away. Okay. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Eh? 
Okay, I want to just highlight these things. These things we, we think about people. Okay, when you talk about your boss and the annoyance that they are to you and the demands they place on me and the expectations I can't meet and oh, it irritates me. So you just act in front of them and carry on. Okay, when you belittle the company you work for because you dislike the job you do and you speak death. Okay, when you speak of the government and all the chaos that's ensuing and good old Cyril and how we berate him with our words. Don't call another family time, Cyril, don't do it. Okay? When you speak of your previous church and church leadership, how you talk, how you, you remember, the, your, what you say is coming from your heart. It's the overflow. Okay? And remember, your thinking is self-talk. It's talking too. You're just talking to yourself. You don't have the, you're not verbalizing it. Okay? When you speak of that person who wronged you, or hurt you, or offended you, or said bad things to you, your response to a person like that. Okay, it's that, it's that place I want to go to. And I was saying last time, is that we all are like that. Okay, there's no one holier and thou art greater than anyone. We've all been there. But we all don't recognize how we get caught in those traps that catch you in and all of a sudden you're living negatively. Because you're caught in the cycle and it's just the cycle over and over and over again about a circumstance, a person or a context. And you've got to catch yourself. You've got to stop yourself because that stops the blessing. I know it sounds quite acute, but like really? The Bible speaks about the power is in your hands to make the change. And there's power in releasing blessing. Okay, so years ago in a dream, and I heard this voice saying, I've said it here before, but it's to highlight it here. A, a voice spoke to me. Uh, and I don't know where I was just waking up or dreaming. It said, you will not see purity if you look with a haughty eye, meaning a prideful judgment eye. So as a leader, if I look at you with judgment in my eyes, or I look at you with pride of like, you know what, Warren, you're never going to crack it. And I'm just saying that in my heart. You know, but you're a great oak, but you know what, he's just not that great on drums. If I look, I will not see the purity in Warren's heart if I look with a haughty eye. How do we look at each other? What do we see in each other? Do we see God's potential? And I want to try and, I, I was struggling to get language for that this week about how Jesus approached circumstances and people. He always took the higher ground. They could say what they wanted to in front of him. Think about it. He could say what he wanted. He knew, I got it all, I got the truth. You can say what you want. <laughs> I know who I am. You can do what you want. You're not going to belittle me. You're not going to stop me doing what I've been called to do. And there's something about taking the emotional higher ground when it comes to this stuff. Because we fall into traps of, and the big one is, they don't deserve it. You don't, they, don't, they, they don't deserve that. Please, man. They flaunt around with all their stuff and carry on. Please, man. And I know people in the church, and I've experienced this, are hesitant to encourage and speak good words of blessing over people because they don't want them to get big heads. My theory is, I will speak blessing and encourage you. If you get a big head, that's your own problem to deal with. Because pride comes before the fall. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So y'all try the proud route, see how that works out for you. We just have a little longer road to walk together, but let's see how that plans out for you. Just release. Don't withhold. 
Don't harbor anything to anybody. If you're going, we're going to see purity in each other's hearts and lives, we can't look with pride and judgment to each other. When I look at you, I want to see Jesus. Despite your sin, despite the wrongdoing, despite all the chaos that goes in our lives, it doesn't matter actually, because that's all been paid for. And we're going to go on a journey with this 21 days that speaks into biblical jurisprudence. Which means how we learn to deal with one another. And to do justice to each other. And we know the church has been too harsh over the years. If you don't cut the grade and you don't listen the way we do it, out. Because of, no, we can't have that sin in the house. It's on you. It's on you. We walk together in this. Okay? What, I, what, what would bother me if we go this route of blessing and learn what it is to, to speak blessing? And I'm gonna, we're going to get practical over the next, maybe next Sunday, on stuff. How to release a blessing over your business. How to release a blessing over your own life. How to release a blessing over your marriage. How to release a blessing over your family, over your church community. What do I do? What do I say? The authority that I have. And often this is what we do. We go... God, we pray that you would bless. No. I pray and I release a blessing because we carry the authority inside of us to release that. 